a $69 million piece of art that put NFTs on the map. Meet the man who bought it. Well, now it's not just about the money part or, or the value part which, which drives my decisions or what I pay, but it's, it has become more than that. And what does he think of the current bearish momentum in NFTs? Coming up on Word on the Block, Vinyesh Sundaresan, a.k.a. Medicoven, entrepreneur and investor, joins in to dive deep into those topics and a whole lot more. An art piece at Christie's auction fetching $69 million U.S. dollars. No big deal. But this was no ordinary art. It was an NFT. And the record-breaking sale of Beeple's artwork put non-fungible tokens in the limelight. And while this piece really triggered an incredible NFT industry that followed, what now amidst the chills of a crypto winter? And how are some regarding the hype fest of NFTs whose perhaps time has come? Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Well, today we are in conversation with Vignesh Sundaresan, aka Metacoven, entrepreneur, coder, and investor, and the buyer behind the $69 million Beeple piece. And now what? So thanks for joining us, Vignesh. It's really great to have you here, especially after all the buzz has died down and and we're in the thick of it. And, and now you've had time to reflect. It's it's really great to have you on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. It had you know you you kind of triggered a, a wave uh, that that overtook popular culture that that catapulted so many people really diving into the NFT space. And now as you kind of see what you almost triggered in that, that one moment in, in winning that auction, how do you reflect on, on all of this and where are we now? Like in a lot of ways, it played out in, in, in ways I thought it would. You know, it, it was um, in, in a lot of ways, I, I really wanted that to be a way for, for people who are not just technologists, but people from other areas in the world who, who, who can have their skills in the global market, you know. So it's a very basic line. It's, it's almost like NFTs were that cultural, native cultural export uh, possibility for me. And I think what's, what I really am excited about what's happening now is so all these conversations, not the hurry, not, not hurrying into launching like more NFT, that's not what excites me. But all these conversations, people were uh, talking, like people are still involved in thinking about what, how they can use this and how they can use this consciously. That's been the most uh, exciting part of this journey so far. Did you ever think that you would be that moment when you won that auction? Did you think that that would be the moment that, that really kind of catapulted a lot of people into the space? I would say, you know, like I've been uh, in this space and always I've, I've looked up to, you know, artists and, and I always thought crypto is so, you know, uni, unidimensional. They, they, it's a it's bunch of people, technologists, and we are thinking about systems, you know, like 
on a fundamental level i had a issue like philosophically speaking i'm i might be good at making code i might be good at you know like designing tokenomics but to think about the consequences i think is a very different job and i always thought artists uh, are, are very good at it you know like thinking about consequences and so that's where uh, the real real differences i think it it all became so that people started thinking how about themselves and what this means now right and so it became a personal moment for everyone uh, and thinking about what does an nft mean to me right and and so all this um all this thought in this world today you know i don't know if if we have to go back to that moment but we, i would have always wanted this to happen i think that moment defined for a lot of people the actual value that someone placed on a piece of digital art so i think it was both the technology and the fascination about that but then to have been elevated by christies and then put into the auction and then reaching that price tag why did you think it was worth 69 million dollars that moment or or even now like like how i look at money or how i personally uh interact with uh wealth is is probably very different you know c- compared to how how um like business people think you know like and i look at it look at this moment as one of the one of a very uh, interesting change in my path you know like the kind of doors and and glass ceilings it it, it opened um maybe if there is there is a second nft sale that's like at 50 million i don't know if they would get the same kind of um doors that are open for me but what happens is this kind of moment that that unique moment actually triggers this and and it helps me na- navigate the world now it's not just about the money part or or the value part which which drives my decisions or what i paid but it's it has become more than that and being able to um, be part of the traditional networks and those kind of things are are kind of uh, you know really hard to break if you don't have a how do you say it's a, it's like a warm introduction right but how do we how do you get a warm introduction and and after that moment it's been quite easy for me to you know like be part of bigger conversations so that's that's what i see of of value here you've become definitely part of the conversation uh, i think a lot of people are very interested in speaking with you and those warm introductions no doubt are there but is that also the value for nft collectors as they seek to to you know make a place in their digital world what's your thesis and and how is that driving the nft market on a core level what i what i do believe about nfts is that they have this they have this quantization of 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 the, the ability to quantize uh, experience and event and uh, it it can quantize and bring together something that's intangible where it's like you can you can lock something at a point in time right and so there are so many powerful things that come out of it and with immutability and and you know like permanence 
there is also this whole area of say archiving that comes out of it right so nfts i believe have a very very important um, uh, place uh, in 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 human uh, in in terms of telling human history right and and storing human history and that's where it it is going so more than the personal value if nfts actually don't carry any weight none of this actually would matter you know that's that's what i mean if you take a look at the macro market the crypto market has recently seen some gloomy days to be sure uh the trust in digital assets has been rocked by uh, the devastating terror crash you combine that with russia's invasion of ukraine and investors have found themselves in a full blown bear market uh and then we're seeing the ripple effect uh, across crypto and nfts from your perspective where do you think this will this will bear out how long do you think this market is going to last and and what would it take for the crypto market to start feeling robust again so i um yeah i have no short term takes on any of this because i like for me crypto is a tool is a technology right and to be to even see crypto as a as a industry i've i've grown to not look at it that way right and so the whole crypto industry the way it's it's evolving now where i see I, I see that it's there is there's going to be so much defragmentation where it's 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 not this one hierarchical uh, you know like top number one coin number two coin that kind of notion I believe that there'll be like this multi chain world where you know like people like every everything that's a traditional institution will also think about having their own chain you know like every every institution every i'm not talking about a uh, uh, the government but i'm talking about every everyone else too right so if you are a library maybe you need your own blockchain you know and and things like that might happen in the future and i just see that this whole thing as an evolution towards getting that tech to a place where that's possible so that's where i come from so i don't look at the the market and i don't I don't trade so I have no idea you know where where all this is going yeah what about nft sales though a lot of uh, a lot of the interest that that you participated in stoking have also now plummeted uh, i think uh monthly nft sales plummeted 65% compared to the previous month why do you think that that happened I have no idea what people are buying right in reality the idea that we are looking at it as one is what is affecting it the most like i like when i buy something i i have a thesis right and i can be wrong and if i'm wrong whatever i buy goes to zero right so that that's one side but art especially i don't look at it that way so art i don't look at it as investment art i look at it as consumption that when, when that's the case it's like you buy a piece of art and and it's in your wall you know like maybe you, like when you're when you're long gone uh it it might have value because it was in your home or something but the re, in reality it has value because it's art and it has to interact with the people 
who's in front of the front of it you know and and that's all i like when it comes to art i don't spend looking at a something i can sell tomorrow and if it's some some other nft maybe that's the case it could be some piece of land in a metaverse but all those things are are very different from art itself you know so that's where the uh, you have to decouple you know okay well i want to know more about it and i'm sure our viewers do too uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into Metacovin's. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Vinyash or do you prefer Metacovin? What do you prefer? I think it's uh, like I'm happy that they've, they're kind of, you know, being used uh, one for another. So I'm happy with, you know, anything at this point. It's okay. It's, it's interchangeable. Uh, I yeah, <laughs> because I also, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a path, right? Like you... It it was when you start something like this, you don't think about this that seriously. Is is what we it's just a Twitter name, you know. It's just a Discord username, Instagram username, but you know it becomes serious. It it well it, it, it's sixty nine million dollars worth of serious. Uh, but <laughs> also also it's just the beginning. Um, I want to ask about the the fund that you've set up of your own called MetaPurse. Uh, how how big how big is the fund? What are you investing in? And who are the investors in the fund? What, tell us about, a little bit more about this. So um, Metapurse itself is it's just self-funded. I've never uh, taken external money. Most of the things I do are, are either infrastructure investments or things that are like, say, grants and, and things that we want to, um, you know, just get it's like get bootstrapped in terms of the art industry it's not focused on making money uh, in that's not its first objective so that's one of the reasons why there is there are no external investors and because of the way nfts work it's so evolving that the thesis can change in 3 months 6 months and then you are you if you if you actually have a thesis and and your fund is based on that thesis it really becomes harder and harder to you know shift it with more stakeholders so i have always kept that to myself you know this is a fund of one yeah and so i get to ask you what is your thesis right now hmm. so my thesis just in the last year has evolved so much you know like i've uh, maybe uh, when when I started Metapurse, I was more focused on investing in, you know, infrastructure companies, meaning things that make NFTs more accessible. You know, it could be a, it could be a blockchain, it could be a, um, it could be a wallet, it could be a marketplace, you know, like all, all, all of these things. And it could be virtual worlds, it could be, it could be many things that we see today uh, in the market. But today I've, I've slowly grown out of it, meaning I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like. I I don't think I'll be a VC. I'll be a. I'll I'll not probably be an angel investor. You know, that's that's more my my role, uh, and I want to keep it so that the money goes towards um, like what making NFTs or or evolving through what an NFT means. You know, like working with artists and 
in a longer time. So, so instead of thinking about 100 NFTs, 200 NFTs, I work on one NFT for six months. And by the end of it, it, it evolves my thesis also. And I stand there. And then I work on another. And usually working on something for six months, it's, it's, it's a cost. So the fund goes towards those kind of expenses more than you know buying something or or investing in an infrastructure company that's that's this moment in metaverse do you think it has evolved past art mm, i think uh, it's funny it was past art before and it's mm-hmm. evolved into art now you think it's going to stay in art you know you art uh, has this a way to you know take you into different places so i'm i'm just ready for the ride you know like i'm i'm free i'm i'm waiting to see what uh, uh, art can make of me <laughs> well it's incredible to really meet you at this moment historically bitcoin cryptocurrency all of this technology the blockchain chain technology um, has really come up in the past 13 years. Where did the interest come for you? When did you first get interested in NFTs, in blockchain, in this world? How, how did it all begin for you? So, so it, it definitely it's technology, right? Like that's the, that's the thing. So when I, when I when I grew up, the the kind of influences I had were were you know understanding you know who Bill Gates was and who you know like uh, some someone like Abdul Kalam from India was and and there was contrasting characters even though they were all in technology you know one became the world's richest person one became the president of president of uh, India and. And their lives are very different, and their impact af- after their career is also very different. You know, so all of these things have, you know, like like made me think about what what it means and what technology means. So I I, I became curious about crypto because it was new. That's it. Like it's new, and maybe it could be something. So I started working on it, and and. And maybe by 2014, when when I like it was the maybe the peak moment in terms of the kind of people that were passing through my life. So there was at some point there was Vitalik, uh, there was Gavin Oud, there was um, so many other people because of the kind of work I did in 2014. So I was building Bitcoin ATMs, and because of that, I had so many connections happening. Uh, had this introduction with uh, Ethereum or what Ethereum was going to be after two years. So I was really trying to understand why this is important to the people who are building it. There is a there's an economic angle. There is oh this is this is a revolutionary, you know, and and that's the kind of you know that like I I was really inspired by the idea that you 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 are you are able to even think about separating state and money you know it's like the, the ability to think about separating church and state 400 500 years ago that was a, a courageous thought right 
and imagine being able to think about separating state and money you know i'm not saying we'll be able to do it i'm not saying i'm the person doing it or anyone else but even to be able to have such a tool which can enable you to think that way i'm i'm i was totally inspired and and to truly be that pioneer and and to see to see this story unfold before your eyes it i it's uh and to participate in it directly for you as we talk about really history unfolding vinyash it, it's you know a lot of stakeholders in the early days it was really the developers it was the coders uh and then it has evolved into obviously you know uh entrepreneurs and innovators and m- more building onto the space and and you've kind of outlined your personal journey there and now we've got the regulators the regulators are here and they really want to figure out how to keep people safe at the same time regulate the market and there's there's a lot of there's a there's a wide spectrum of regulatory response um first thoughts on singapore um how in your view is the regulatory space in singapore have they ceded it um to other jurisdictions like dubai or are they on the right path doing the right thing being very judicious in making sure the rails are in place so that people can participate safely what are your thoughts um yeah so so i've been in singapore since uh, 2018 we run a company in singapore you know and and say if you want to be a contractor in crypto is it possible you know so from this question to so many other things you know to understanding staking rewards to so doing everything in a in a very structured and a and a and a systematic way i think singapore has been such a nice country to do this with because it's they're very uh, feedback driven uh, they're very practical and 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 their goal is to be business conducive and and not to you know def- like necessarily stifle innovation so i do understand where the restrictions are in singapore you know like is it is not just easy to do uh, say icos anymore you know it's not just easy to do uh, become a exchange anymore but i think these should not be easy you know like being an exchange means you are a custodian a custodian and i think what singapore understands about exchanges is very you know appropriate singapore though has discouraged retail investors from participating yeah yeah that caution is essential because the caution is only going towards saying that you know do you know what you're getting into right because this could be minus 65 and what are you going to do right and and for a person like me who understands that in fiat it's going to be minus 65 i'm still fine with because like i i learn the technology i read it and and it's a very specialized knowledge that i i deploy to my investments so can it be a mainstream you know retail investment like you have to be very careful you know you have to understand what you're getting into there should be this freedom to invest but you should know what you're getting into right 
India is another country that seems to be discouraging the participation of retail crypto investors. They imposed uh, a 30% flat tax on all uh, crypto. Um, they have uh, also planned on introducing another 1% tax on all crypto transactions uh, above, I believe, uh, 129 US dollars starting the beginning of July. Uh, and a lot of people are worried that, that that's going to add a greater chill uh, for crypto winter, for Indian exchanges, for retail investors, for investors in general. And in a lot of ways, if the country wants crypto as a new technology to evolve here and make new startups in India, that means it should have a very different attitude, you know, to, to what it is today. But I understand that from the Indian regulatory perspective, crypto looks and feels like, you know, something that's like a lottery win, lottery winnings or, you know, a gambling, uh, you know, like it's it's like they look at it as a such a such a runaway risk that, you know, you might become rich in it, but you might become zero in it. So if you really become rich in it, you have to pay taxes like you would if you won the lottery. That's the kind of approach I feel India is taking. And if that's the approach, that means that India would would completely cut off retail, but it would more importantly cut off innovation and job creation inside India. And India would again become the back end, like a BPO for, for, a, for a product company outside. So you cannot stop Indians or like an individual from doing crypto stuff. They'll go outside India they'll maybe like have companies that, that does work for another co- company in another country. But the hard part is, do they, do, does the country want it? You know, so it's a larger question. Who knows where this technology will take us, but if there's one thing that we know for certain is that it will be changing many of the things that we take for granted today, uh, not only in Asia, but around the world. Vinyesh, It was a pleasure to talk with you and and get a little insight as to how you view this space, uh, why you made that investment, and where you see it all going. It was really great talking with you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Until the next time. 